Welcome to the Sourced Week in Review podcast. My name's Michael Crutcher, Jordan McDonald. Welcome to March when it's hotter than December. Yeah. Now, where was this weather uh, in December? Yeah, it wasn't, was it? It was no, mild. I'm used to that piping hot, burn your feet summer. It just wasn't there. I just spoke to someone who came back from Cairns yesterday and said it was far more tolerable in Cairns than it was in Brisbane. So I would believe that too. Mm. So yeah. looking forward to it cooling down. We've got no weather-related items today either. No, no. Nothing particularly interesting, although it's been cooler in Mount Isa than it has been Brisbane last <laughs> week. I kept a note of that in the morning's weather broadcast, <laughs> which I think is just unusual. Now, that's, yeah, that's it. We spoke in... December about ChatGPT, and that's the first item today because ChatGPT, even though it's now March, mm-hmm. it just seems to keep moving at this rapid pace. And it seemed as though back it in is. December, we were talking <laughs> about ChatGPT to launched in November 30. We mm-hmm. spoke about it quite early in December about the waves it was already making. And here we are. Now we're talking about Jordan ChatGPT 4. Yes. Which we can now access. So, well, yeah, you can access it if you pay. That's the only catch at the moment. How much you got to pay? You got to pay twenty dollars a month here in Australia. Okay, but um, look, visually, it's about the same. You won't notice yep. much difference. But it's the best way to explain the change is in its performance. So it's as if you've got think of it like an operating system on your computer. You know, if you had a Windows and you've gone from Windows XP to Windows 7. Shut your computer down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get help. Yes, yes. So it's it's come a long way in terms of its performance. There are a couple of pretty important changes, though, that make that performance far more impressive. Um, The big one would be that GPT-4 is multimodal. So this means that instead of only being able to process text... ChatGPT4 can actually process text, image, video, and audio. Okay. That's um, a big step up then. Yes. So they OpenAI did a demo video where the co-founder went through all of these things, testing them out. Um, and they sent in an Im- image which showed uh, – they sent it an image with a bunch of ingredients in it. So it had yep. eggs, flour, and a variety of other things. And uh, it says, what can I make with these ingredients? And it listed eight different meals, offered to share the recipes on any they liked. Really? On a separate test, they oh. uploaded a meme and asked, what's funny about this image? And so it sits there and analyzes and works out what could be funny about this image for people online. Ooh, okay. And it's very interesting about that. Um, but I reckon well, it actually leads us to what I think is the most impressive sort of part of the upgrade, and that's its website building, website building or generally its ability to write impressive code. Um, during the demo... Gee, it's multi-talented, isn't it? It's very, days? very talented. During, during this demo, the co-founder, he, um, he starts scribbling on a napkin. And yep. He writes, he starts drawing a pretend website, takes a photo of it and uploads it to ChatGPT4 and, um, and asks it to produce a functional website. Seconds later, we have all the code for a functional website. He opens up Squarespace, puts the code in, and bang, straight up it comes. Really? He can go in and work it, test it live. It's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. I'd hate to be a web designer because you're 
<laughs> 20 bucks a month. 20 bucks a month. Okay. Yep. And that's the, uh, that's the appeal for this uh, next part here is that they talk about the quality of the responses now that being far better because we know that was a big problem with ChatGPT3, particularly yep. Bing. Um, yes. You can check all of these findings out, by the way, if you Google ChatGPT4. I've got their own page set up at the moment. But okay. one of the big things they're cheering about is that ChatGPT4 was smart enough to pass the law school administra- uh, sorry, admission test <laughs> and the bar exam, but not just pass it. They've actually landed in the 90th percentile. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's it's far more intelligent now. And uh, it's because of that that it's actually partnered with a few educational tools. Yep. Um, notably uh, for me and for plenty of other people who have gone through school needing support, Khan Academy. Um, I rely on that heavily through school. Khan it's actually, Academy? Mm-hmm. You are younger than me. I Never came across Khan Academy yeah. because we didn't have the internet when I was at school. True, yeah. true. Yep. Yeah, no, um, yeah, Khan Academy was great. So they've got uh, an option here now where you can sort of chat to a, a bot which essentially helps tutor you. And they've collaborated with ChatGPT4 here. So, you know, oh, if wow. a kid goes up and says, hey, stuff this freaking homework, what are the answers? It's going to say, well, this is how... How about we try solve this? <laughs> and then, Let's work through it but together. But you think about it, for 20 bucks a month, which is what the subscription, say. you've got unlimited, untapped, you know, tutor access. I'm a parent. <laughs> take, take the 20 uh, all day, a, every day. If you're a kid with a bit of uh, pocket money from your work there, you might even think yeah. about 20 bucks a month for that. That's it. So, look, that's the, maybe the main features. Some of the other ones are that it can process up to 25,000 words of text, which is a heap more yeah. than what uh, ChatGPT 3 was. Better memory. So, you know, if you're talking for a long time about a subject, the bot doesn't get confused or lose track. Uh, and then diversity of information. So it's got a wider variety of information. Well, it's that continued evolution we spoke about. I must say I didn't expect that three months after we first discussed chat GPT and AI that here we'd be talking about an upgrade like this again so it moves at pace yeah well it's actually six months on they've been working on it for six months so it's it's crazy they've been working on this before chat GPT 3 came out yeah I'm interested to see how I guess we've spoken about the likes of state education departments in Mm. Australia fumbling their way through this it was banned here and banned there yep whatever the regulators do as we know Mm. The technology moves so much faster than the regulators. So, of course, really interested to see what happens um, with it. But we're going to keep talking about this topic because it, no especially when doubt. it can do website design like that. Yes, it'll be happening quickly. Radio ratings, Jordan. It's March, so the radio ratings are out for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. Now we've mentioned this radio rating system before which brings with it the challenges of determining just how many people are listening to radio. For instance, this morning for me as an example, I flicked across ABC, 4BC, Radio TAB of course, and <laughs> to the great Campo on River 94.9, oh, Allo Campo. Yes. But who would even know I was listening to those stations this yeah, morning? How as is I, it possibly tracking you? That's right. So yeah. for the record too, I did listen to those stations across a smartphone app, digital radio, and also a normal car radio. So, right, that's why ratings <laughs> are listening yes, for one right. yeah, Well, I was just, oh, well, yeah, it was around the house and in the car and dropping children at train stations, yeah. all this sort of thing. Um, 
Also listen to actually Triple Z because uh, when I got in the car, Triple Z was on. So hang on, another station was there. Triple Z, yeah, always. I I have, pardon me. Yes, always good Triple Z. Uh, It just launched into life on this radio this morning when the car started. So. I'll chalk another one up. But that's why radio ratings are quite fraught because it's so hard to work out who's listening to what. However, mm. we need to have a, some type of system. Yep. Now, for a long time, the radio rating system has been based on a representative sample of a claimed number of 60,000 Australians who either fill out a paper or an electronic listening diary to tell us what right. they're listening to. However, this is interesting too. Last year it was announced that Commercial Radio Australia had people starting to wear electronic watches mm. to record what they were listening to. Right. These watches apparently can just pick up the radio you're listening to. So apparently 2,000 people were going to wear these watches across the five major Australian metro markets, but I'm pretty sure there's no way I'd be wearing a watch that is being monitored or is monitoring. I mean, what else could you listen to? Uh, Jordan, would you wear a watch or have you ever been asked to fill out a diary on your radio listening? No, I wouldn't wear the watch. And uh, I've never been asked to fill out a radio diary either, nor had I actually heard of one until we discussed it this morning. (laughs) But that really fascinates me that the way we measure ratings is still that old school. Um, especially when you consider, you know, how you were talking about how you listened this morning, there's so many ways to listen. Uh, and most of these now are digital. Surely there's a way to tune in. And I suppose that the watches are headed that direction, but it just sounds like a bizarre way to do it. Yeah, well, it's always been tough. Um, and we do now get digital ratings because there's so many ways to to listen to this you know there's digital mm. radio i get that when uh, i'm allowed to drive ainsley's car which has got digital radio mm. otherwise i've got uh the old wireless almost mm. but if i get in ainsley's car i've got digital radio at my fingertips <laughs> there's also smartphone apps websites of course podcasts smart speakers etc so many ways now actually i had a look through the brisbane digital radio uh, market the most popular stations for this first survey oh, of the yep, year. Yep, yep, yep. The most popular station in the digital band for Brisbane was Smooth FM Brisbane. No. Yes, so this is Smooth FM Brisbane uh, defeating Nova 90s. So that was next, Nova 90s, <laughs> followed by, and I'm surprised this wasn't higher, only because we've covered this before, but in third place was Coles Radio. I get that, to be honest. The amount of times I've shazammed in the aisle at Coles because I've heard something like oh, really? probably a decade before. Yeah. Because it's handy for your line of work too. It is handy, yes. Now, I'm, I'm only surprised from what we discussed before that Coles Radio isn't one or two. I am still stunned that people listen to Coles Radio outside of the Coles supermarket. Oh, so see, I would, I would I, never do that. I'm still stunned. I, I don't actually understand why you TikTok would do that, but lots of people too. do. TikTok trending is God. way up there. Obviously, and I reckon the young ones like TikTok trending. Um, old school 90s hits. Very mm. popular on digital radio. Old school SKOOL 90s hits. Very popular. RNB Fridays. So yep. that's, that's getting a fair bit of a listen. Yeah. And then the 97.3 Kiss 90s. Much more popular than the Kiss 80s. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of them. Triple M 90s, etc. So anyway, that's a by the by. Now, the aim of the ratings, of course, is to work out which shows are popular and what the – it's called the QM, 
The cumulative audience. So what is that? And that's classified as anyone who listens to at least eight minutes of audio in any given 15-minute period at least once a week. Now, with that in mind, the winners were well covered by Australian media today because media loves nothing more than talking about itself. Of course, course not. Always a popular topic on media. Now, Mm. Nova... 106.9, Lutzi and the crew are back at the top of the Brisbane breakfast ratings. And as usual with this rating system, of course, I think there's six a year. Some are up, some are down. Um, There was big news in Sydney where 2GB was knocked off as the most popular station. saw that one. It's the first time in 18 years overtaken by Kiss. Yeah, 18 years is a long time. Kyle and Jackie O, instrumental in that uh, Kiss ascension. Yes. And in Melbourne, the ABC had what can only be termed a shocker, attracting, and I'm using my air quotes, worst ratings result on record, according to the Age newspaper. Now, here's where the coverage is interesting because Mm. it brings up all of the conflicts of interest that are apparent in the Australian media where companies own multiple media outlets. So Nine Entertainment, as we've mentioned before, owns a bunch of the major radio stations, plus it owns the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age. So... I turned to the print edition of today's Age newspaper in Melbourne yep. and coming up pretty fast at the bottom of page four and five is a story analysing the bad numbers for the ABC in Melbourne mm-hmm. where Nine Entertainment owns 3AW mm-hmm. and The Age, of course. The 3AW did have a boost in the ratings. So then I turned to the Sydney Morning Herald for coverage of the <laughs> fall of the Nine-owned 2GB off the top for the first time in 18 years. And I just kept turning the pages. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wonder you found any. I did. I went back to page 28 mm. where there was a story down the left-hand side of the page recording the fact that the nine-owned 2GB had been knocked off. Uh, that was the last page of the general news section in today's Herald, by the way. The <laughs> Boy, it was news. tucked in there, though. <laughs> the world news <laughs> came up next. It was about three centimetres <laughs> wide. <laughs> now, I'm not being critical of the placement. I'm just noting it. I am a former Metropolitan Newspaper Editor, so I have some understanding of what it's like to juggle the many competing story priorities in each day's paper. It all looks easy from the outside. They're offering different reasons. However, I'm just noting the fact that uh, there was some different placement in The Age and The Herald. I know there's a New South Wales election coming up in Sydney, but noting that, it's also worth looking at today's News Corp papers across Queensland where four of those daily papers, The Courier Mail, The Gold Coast Bulletin, the Townsville Bulletin, the Cairns Post, run front and back page coverage, well, mm-hmm. the Chronicle, sorry, back page only, of the chance to watch all four Queensland NRL teams exclusively on Fox Sports or KO this weekend. And, of course, Fox Sports and KO owned by News Corp. Yes. So just wanted to put that in there because we're often just saying that it's worth looking at where some of these placements are. Now, speaking of Nine Entertainment, Jordan, of yes. course, it broadcasts MAFs. Now... You wanted to bring up something from Married at First Sight. Yes, I'm going to steal a minute or two here of the podcast because I want to talk about maths a bit. Um, because we talk about reality TV a fair bit, you know, as one of the big three content categories that delivers solid viewership each week for the networks, no matter how rubbish the show is, we can't help but watch. <laughs> but this season's villain, Harrison Boone, he did a 28-minute interview with Sydney's Kiss FM, Kyle and Jackie O, who we mentioned before. Yep. Uh, and lifted the lid on the extent to which the show is scripted and how audiences are, in fact, cluing onto that more than ever. 
Um, he essentially explains that, the that every contestant is very well aware of what they're entering into and the viewers at home certainly know that too. Yes. Um, and it's a show that obviously goes in the direction that it's steered by producers. But um, Unmade made a really good point this week and they referenced that interview and the sense that they asked, you know, now that reality TV isn't producing the illusion that it's this yep. real show, what does the future hold for the genre? And that got me thinking because in, for me, it's my stance is so long as the characters evoke some sort of response, whether it's hatred, embarrassment or in, in, entertainment, um, people will still always watch. That's my opinion. But what about you? Yeah, I, I thinking about this, um, as you said, the unmade um, guys were talking about this. I just thought back to the original Big Brother show here, oh, which yeah. I reckon was like just a guess, 2002. It's a guess. I reckon you're pretty close. It's about, I'm sure it was around about there. And I watched a stack of the original Big Brother because mm. um, I was quite fascinated by these people who went into the Big Brother house and they had no idea how many people were watching. Yeah. None. And when they came out for the eviction show on the Sunday night, you could see with this massive crowd mm. – they were just stunned. And I reckon the first thing they did was went through their head, oh, God, what do I do in there? Yeah, uh, yeah, well, you would have interest. And I found that a really interesting human experiment. And I didn't really watch Big Brother after that because when the second season came on... They all know they're going to have that. Yeah. Yeah, they all know. They, they, they know what the situation is. So I, I, and so I guess there's people, I guess, like me who, you know, are not as into some of that if they think it's really scripted. Mm. But I get why it's really interesting to people. And they're right, that, that people won't care. No. Keep watching that because it's dramatic. It. Yes. So, and there's an element of it that's, yeah. you know, truthful in terms of the people's personalities in some ways. So, yes. yes, very interesting. Now, talking about things that are scripted a little bit, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes not. The Oscars yeah. are on this week. We bring it up a lot here. The... Academy Awards, Monday Australian time. Now, did people watch the Oscars this week? Mm. Turns out in America, 18.7 million Americans watched at least a segment of the show, which is broadcast on ABC. Now, the big okay. winner, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which received seven Oscars, including six of the most coveted seven for the first time ever. Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I haven't watched it. Neither have I. No, but uh, one of my children has uh, because I'm the parent of the year and I don't oh. even know if it's suitable, but it had been watched when I turned the oh, TV on. Damage is done. So anyhow, yeah. um, they are teenagers. Now, but this isn't a parental help therapy podcast. It's <laughs> a it's something different to that. The 18.7 million who watched the other night, up 12% on last year's 16.6 yeah, okay. million and up mm -hmm. from the 10.4 million, which was 2021. Okay. Pretty dire. We discussed that. But the best picture winner in 2021 was Nomadland, which I'd almost forgotten about. Oh, true, yeah. Nomad. Remember so that? Frances McDormand won the best actress that year. I do recall that part of it. Now, let's get back to 2020. Of course, when we're about to be stuck at home for a long yeah, time. Yeah, just pre-COVID there, hey. 23.6 million watched. Yeah, there we go. 2019, 29.6 million. Bohemian Rhapsody was big there. 2018, 32.9 million. And of course, back to 1998, 57.2 wow. million watched as Titanic won a stack of awards. Oh, that's enormous. 
57.2 million. I wasn't one of the people tuning in because of that because I thought Titanic was overrated, but that's Ooh. something for another day. It's hard a controversial, uh, unpopular opinion segment on this podcast. You just That'd knew be was, up there. Well, you knew what was going to happen at the end of that movie. Yeah, you did, but ship was on. going down. Shout, shout of hearts out there, mate. <laughs> it took a long time <laughs> to get there. Now, who knows why this year's Oscar-winning st- uh, audiences went up and they did go up, as we said, 12%. Uh, mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick was nominated. So was Elvis and Avatar, some big movies there. And, of course, don't forget last year we had yeah. Will Smith with his big slap-a-thon yes, of yes. Chris Rock Cross maybe. Chops. People were watching. Jordan, were you one of the Australians who watched and how many of the nominated movies have you seen or are you now more likely to see them because of the Oscar ceremony? I can't classify myself as a true viewer. I had intentions to watch and I opened it up in a tab in my browser but um, quickly just fell into the dozens of tabs that I have yes. open. I know you yeah. can relate. Yes. Yours yes. is just a grey solid bar now. <laughs> um, right. But it's hard to watch that sort of thing at work and you know, we've been pretty busy in the last week or two so it's just even harder then. But I think I prefer watching the Oscars through social media the way most of us do. Yeah. You get the quick headline, then the highlights from the acceptance speech, you know, we saw Brendan Fraser crying all over social media. Fantastic. That's all you need. That's true. You do get so much of a dose of it through socials. That's it. That's all you need. Um, I haven't watched many of the nominated movies, but I have built a little list there. I ticked off the Banshees of Inner Sharon at some point from a previous thing, but yep. they're everywhere, everything everywhere all at once is top of my list. I must admit a bit apprehensive though. Seems yep. right odd, that movie. It seems <laughs> really strange. But can you win as many awards as it has if it isn't something worth watching, I guess we'll find out. Well, well, I could get one of my uh, children to give you a review, but they're at school, so that won't be happening <laughs> right now. Um, look, we saw this week a further step in the battle between the US and TikTok, and we've yes. already mentioned this in previous podcasts, but mm-hmm. there was an interesting Wall Street <coughs> Journal report that really set this story in motion again. I'll quote from the Wall Street Journal story. The Biden administration is demanding that TikTok's Chinese owners sell their stakes in the video sharing app or face a possible US ban of the app. And this is my favourite part of the story. According to people familiar with the matter. Okay. Who are they? Are they people familiar with the matter? Okay. Which is, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, Could be anyone. Yeah. The move represents a major shift in policy on part of the administration. The story continues. The Committee on Foreign Investment in the US made the sale demand recently, the people said. Now, they're the people who are familiar <laughs> with the matter. It's hysterical, isn't it? So, uh, TikTok executives have said that 60% of ByteDance shares are owned by global investors, 20% okay. by employees, and 20% by its founders. Though the founder shares carry outsized voting rights, as is common with tech companies and a yes, whole bunch of, of other course. companies. Yes, uh, yes, now, yes. TikTok says it's $1.5 billion <coughs> security plan, I'm reading from the report, still would essentially wall off its US operations with all data being stored in the US. However, critics have said the plan isn't sufficient, saying any Chinese-owned company must comply with demands from Beijing if called oh, upon. I have heard that. Yeah, well, if you go back to a, there's a law that was implemented in China in 2017, does require companies to give the government any personal data relevant to the country's national security, which is like uh, people familiar with the matter said, pretty broad. 
Very broad. <laughs> so on Thursday, uh, British authorities said they're banning TikTok and government-issued phones. Right. Um, we know the EU is doing similar things, Denmark and Canada, the White House. So, yes, this is all moving along. But, Jordan, is there any real danger here for TikTok in the US? Or is this a bluff? And can you really ban it when you can access it in other ways? Uh, it's a tough one because... Yeah, it's broad. You just don't have enough information at the moment. I do think there is some danger for sure because the US government does seem particularly concerned about this threat to national security. But as you mentioned and as all the reports and TikTok have said or ByteDance have said that um, divesting doesn't solve the problem yep. at all. You know, the, the change of ownership wouldn't change how the data flows between the company and whoever yep. it needs to go. But... um. Obviously, China's a real concern to the US, so it'll be interesting to see how far they actually take it. And I don't doubt for a second that TikTok would uh, fight any actual attempts to ban it um, on legal footing for sure. Um, As for if the ban goes through, will it be difficult to access? Sure, but, you know, VPNs. There's a will, there's a way. There's people accessing apps all around the world that aren't native to their their country. but I know uh, who is loving all of this. It's Meta and Snapchat. They're licking their lips. They have uh, enjoyed some nice stock rise this week. Yep. Um, watching TikTok suffer in the news a little bit. And also a rise for Meta because investors love it when people, when companies cut expenses and that's what Meta's flagged. Yes, certainly. So this is a very quick update on Meta here before we wrap up. Meta's... Um, it's laying off a further 10,000 staff and they're going to stop hiring for the 5,000 open positions oh, it currently has. Isn't that ridiculous? How do oh, you even conduct wow. that interview? It must be all automated. Anyway. Chat GPT-4. Probably. That's yeah. probably why, yeah. Um, and, yeah, as you said, it's all part of a bigger plan to flatten the company's management structure and it comes after Meta terminated 13, 000, sorry, 13% or 11,000 of its employees in November last year. The company uh, lost 70% of its value during 2022, which is just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and they reckon these terminations will improve efficiency, and efficiency is the word that's floating around heaps at Meta, just their big mantra for the year. Yeah. Um, and they've also just bracing for any further downturn in the economy. So, yeah. Always very interesting to see what's happening at uh, those companies because, as we said, we go back way to the start here at ChatGPT4. These things move so fast. And they do. Especially in all these different spaces. So what's the plan for this weekend, given it's going to be something like uh, 50 degrees or something like that? Uh, yeah. Uh, tonight, just the one gig for an hour and a half, which is fantastic with the rest of the weekend off. Oh, very it good. Is, uh, it is our fifth anniversary for Shannon and I. Oh, really? It's coming up on the uh, Thursday next week, but we're going to – Go see Florence from the Machine at the Day on the Green, the Cirame oh, there. Oh, yeah, Saturday. yeah. So we'll do that. You've got a really intense period there of birthdays and anniversaries, oh, don't you? Oh, don't remind me. It's, uh, oh, it's fantastic by the time I get to about June. Everyone's sort of done. Well, you're clear then until Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Just a few months of relief, really. Yeah. Mm. And of course, it's uh, Ainsley's birthday next week. Oh, it's yeah. kickstart the month. Which, uh, yeah, birthday. Um, Mm, sounds like wedding anniversary <laughs> following that up too <laughs> <laughs> so i might just get some uh yeah. gift um suggestions from you jordan because Chase i know will have those for you yeah well, okay well, i'm going to subscribe right now <laughs> enjoy the weekend you too